there is starting to be a subtle shift. Old isn't a bad word. Wrinkles aren't a bad thing. I want to get all that I can out of whatever amount of time I have left. If not now, when? From To Be Magnetic, this is The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. And your host, Jessica Gill. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded. Jessica here. I hope you all are having a good week. I know things have been a little crazy this week with all the things going on astrologically. Some people are feeling tired. They're kind of pushed against their growth edge. New insights and downloads and revelations are sort of coming through in a new way. And it's so interesting how the timing of episodes line up perfectly with what we need at the right time. In today's process episode, we have a guest who really inspires understanding new layers of self, how to manifest from a place of true authenticity versus ego versus the shoulds, what we think we need to do in order to be validated or worthy in the eyes of others. And understanding a pivot and a transition in your life, how to understand your past chapter and then how to move forward into your future one. And what I also really love about today's process guest is she is a wise member and she is really turning the conversation on its head about what it means to get older, what it means to dive into the later chapters of your life and how we should really be celebrating them and welcoming them and so excited to embark upon journey in the later chapters of your life. So if you are in the middle of a pivot, if you are dropping one chapter from your past down and trying to open the book to the next chapter, but you're unclear, what should you do? What actions should you take? This is going to be your ultimate expander. And if you are someone who identifies with being a wise member and being in a new chapter of your life, you know, maybe your kids have left the home. Maybe you're trying to figure out what life looks like in this next phase. Maybe you're a parent that really is trying to define your sense of self after having kids. This is going to be such a powerful episode for you. So I hope you guys enjoy. And now a word from our partners. 
Did you know that every single time you brush your teeth, you swallow a little bit of your glob of toothpaste and over the course of a week, you're actually swallowing almost an entire blob. There is so many additives and preservatives and things that are not necessary for keeping our teeth clean, but are simply in our toothpaste just to stabilize the water and make it a paste form. And so founder of Bite Toothpaste Bits, a few years back, invented an incredible toothpaste bite that removes the water and thus removes all the additives. So you have all of the stuff you need for pearly white, beautiful, healthy teeth, and none of the stuff you don't. It is one of the cleanest toothpaste on the market. And it even has nanohydroxypate, which is a natural form of fluoride. So it helps support your teeth, restore your enamel and help with sensitivity. They are my absolute go-to and I love that they are so sustainable and compostable. There's no plastic tube to get rid of. Everything is fully recyclable. You can get it on subscription so you could have the little bites with you. They're so easy to travel with so you don't need to leave it in your check bag. You can go through security with it. And we have a code where you can receive 20% off your order. Use the code MAGNETIC, all caps, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C for 20% off. Again, that's code M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C. And you can check out the show notes to find their website and all the incredible products they have to offer and their beautiful pledge to sustainability and how they are working to help the environment. As you guys know, we are huge fans of Beekeepers Natural over here at To Be Magnetic. They are an all organic, natural bee products company that really helps support our brain, gut, health, immune, etc. One product I've been leaning on a ton is their Royal Jelly Brain Fuel. So oftentimes when I'm in states of intense stress, my brain is so active during the night that I have a hard time falling into deep REM sleep. And whenever that happens, I know I'm going to wake up with brain fog. And one of the best cleanest ways I've found to clear brain fog is with this Royal Jelly Brain Fuel. It is a proprietary potent blend of royal jelly and adaptogens that really help cognitive function. So all of these things together work as a powerhouse to support your brain in a way that doesn't give you jitters. You're not shaky, whereas like some other brain fuels will add that to you, especially if they have caffeine in them. This is just a very clean way to enhance your mental clarity and focus. It is completely clean. It is the best way to support your brain, especially on those days when you have a lot of stress or maybe you didn't get the rest that you needed and really helps to reset you and completely change your day ahead. So if you wanna try out the Royal Jelly Brain Fuel or any other Beekeepers Natural products, you can use the code TBM to get 25% off your first order. That's TBM for 25% off your first order, or you can go to beekeepersnaturals.com and use the code TBM to get 25% off your first order. All right, on to the episode. Today, I'm here with Barbie White. Welcome, Barbie. Thank you. Excited. I'm really jazzed because we have a lot of parents or wise members who are in like another chapter of their life where they're looking to, you wrote it in your submission form, but like the reinvention of self. What is this identity for this chapter of my life? How do I manifest at 50, 60, 70, 80, and so on? And how do I 
bring my dreams to reality because I think for so many people, they are starting out in their 20s and 30s. It's like, oh yeah, it's so easy for you guys. You have your whole life ahead of you, you know? And I really liked your perspective because it was shifting to, no, my whole life is ahead of me. I can reinvent myself at any time and using the TBM work to pull back those layers. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been thinking, because I've listened to all your podcasts and have been thinking about, you know, there's definitely a conversation worth having about the 50 and up group. And I don't, and I think maybe you guys call your wise group 40 and up, but particularly the 50 and up, because again, and I get it, I wish I was doing this work in my twenties and thirties, but you know, you come to it when you come to it, it just seemed like a good conversation to have. So I I'm excited, really excited to talk about it. Yeah. So kick us off. Do you know your astrology? So I'm an Aquarius and Aries moon and Taurus rising. So I don't know what any of that means, but I plan to find out, but I definitely fit the Aquarius bill. So yeah. Okay. So from my limited understanding of everything, and this is probably minimizing it to a empteenth degree, but <laughs> Aries are, they're the beginning of the astrology. So they're charging forward. They have a lot of energy. They're go-getters. You know, they're kind of coming into things hot. They're like ready to go. Your Aquarius side is going to be your channeling, your more floaty, like Lacey's Aquarius. Yes, you know, artsy, like yeah. We're a little bit up in the atmosphere a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> you can almost be like a lone wolf in your own things in a certain regard. And then Taurus, what I know about Taurus is it's very into aesthetic design, like the beautiful things in life. And it doesn't have to mean like luxury. It could be like a beautiful sunset or something, but like that is really of a comfort to you. Okay. That's a tremendous, that's tremendously me. And my husband's Aries. So I recognize that personality that you're saying. So, so just last question. So that means you sort of embody all three. Cause you know, you only hear what's your Zodiac sign and nobody ever says they say one, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm a whatever. Yeah, that was that was something that I learned actually through Lacey and TBM and then did my own research after that. But, you know, we're so identified with that sun sign and our moon and our rising sign kind of balance us out. They give different aspects of our personality. I think they say your rising sign is how you present to the world initially, like you're seen more as that person. And when you kind of ground in, then your sun sign sort of comes out. That's more your like authenticity and your emotional side is a lot in your moon sign. Okay. I'm going to study that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what is your cultural background and upbringing? So I was born and raised in Nashville. I had kind of the really pretty traditional Southern conservative upbringing and in really the best way. I mean, I feel like that can sometimes be, could sound, you know, maybe limiting or oppressive or something. Mine was not. I went to an all girls prep school and really had the best group of friends. And I mentioned that because friends were really a key part of my growing up. My home life was is not so, it was not as wonderful. It was very chaotic. My parents were very young when they married, so they were very young when they had me. I'm the oldest of three. And so there was a lot of chaos and instability from really young parents. And so my friends who... Literally, I can't even name how many friends I still have today at my age. 
from growing up. And so they, they were really instrumental, I would say. So, so that was lucky. And I went to, actually, I went to Vanderbilt here in town and then married, moved away. We lived in Washington, D.C. for a number of years. And then now I'm back here. So it was both a typical and atypical upbringing, sort of, you know, that kind of thing. What would you say when you were navigating through the TBM work and, you know, inner child and diving into all that stuff, what would you say are some of the things that you peeled back a little bit later around the childhood ages where you're like, oh, my authentic soul wanted this and I got this? Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot was expected of me and not much at the same time, which was a very interesting dichotomy, I feel. My dad, I feel like, sort of had big dreams for me. And my mom was a little bit more like, "Mm, who do you think you are aiming, you know, so high? So it was a very mixed message. I had that push-pull inside. I was like, I can be anything, but can I? You know, it was a little Mm -hmm. bit of maybe not. I don't know. And um, my, my early jobs were, and I don't mean teenage jobs, but my early, like once I graduated college, I worked with children, I worked with special ed children, and then I, I worked in a corporate population of in a kind of work family balance world. And so I loved that. I think that definitely was part of who I was at the time, but I think through the work, I kind of stuffed a little bit of myself that was bigger and had a little bit more interest in maybe the, the artsy side of life or whatever. I think I kind of went towards my interests that were more normal and expected, if you will. And that's really the conversation, I feel like, is what someone, possibly someone my age is manifesting might look so different from what um, someone your age might be manifesting or younger. For me, it was more I wasn't sure what I expected, but it turned out to be more internal things that have come my way. So it's really been interesting. Yeah. Okay. So walk us through that. So when you were starting, you were helping your daughter prepare for her wedding, getting her married. Lots of efforts in there. You had been a stay-at-home mom growing up and really focused on family development and being there for them and I think that's a really interesting place to start, which is transitioning from my primary soul's purpose is making sure that they're the most capable, functioning, like giving all the lessons to developing a life, which is like the coolest job in the world, to... I love the visual you put in your in your submission too of like, it's like your kids hopped this fence and they were off to this beautiful meadowland and you're kind of behind. Wait, what about me? Like, I don't come with you to this next chapter, but what does that mean for me here? Exactly. And I, and I think most parents, stay-at-home dads, stay-at-home moms, and, you know, and I worked intermittently. I mean, I worked for uh, a number of years when I first had one child and then after the third, I was sort of, you know, felt like a little bit of, I needed my attention at home. But I think when you give so much to something so important like that, and you really lean in, I mean, I, you know, had literally probably 15 jobs starting at age 14 before I ended up staying home around 32 with the three kids. 
I really leaned in. I did the whole thing. You know, I tried to be there for all of the ups, the downs, and you sort of, you know, you find your community in doing that and you're, you're right in it. And there's not a moment of that that I regret. Like when my two youngest, one was graduating college the same two weeks uh, before the other one graduated high school. My daughter was already off on her own. And I remember really having a moment where I looked uh, deep and said, okay, I'm going to have to reinvent myself. Am I regretting not already being fully into a career that I can just step right back into or just pick right back up? And I did a lot of thinking about that and realized, no. And that was a, a, a good thing to re- realize. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a relief to realize because certainly we all can't do it all. And there's, you know, you're going to have regrets in your life. I feel like, you know, every, all mothers have guilt, you know, you're, you're guilty if you do this, you're guilty if you do that. Right. So everyone has guilt, but it was a great thing to recognize that I didn't have regret there. However, exactly what you're saying I felt like I sort of did the proverbial, you know, put your hands together and let somebody step in them and kind of hoist them over a fence and, you know, set them free to, to do their own wonderful lives. And then you're kind of going, okay, I've leaned in. I'm super focused on what I've been doing. You're looking around now what? And that came and I began looking for books, classes, you know, what, what's going to be next. And so what was, what was so cool and amazing was after my daughter's wedding, COVID comes. It's the dark days of COVID and um, everybody's, you know, stuck inside. And a friend of mine said, I, I think I told you this, a friend of mine said, you should be doing Melissa Wood workouts. You need to, you know, do Melissa Wood. And I'm like, oh, let me see who that is. Let me see what she's about. Oh, she's on this podcast called To Be Magnetic. I'll, I'll check her out there and, you know, see if I want to subscribe. So I go to listen to To Be Magnetic and I just was like, this is it. This is speaking to me so clearly for whatever reason. I mean, I'd read a lot of good books and I'd listened to a lot of good podcasts and speakers, and but this just spoke to me instantly. I'm all in. I'm jumping in. So signed up, dove in, did my manifestation list and and, I, and as I said to you, that has changed over time, which I'll sort of take you on the timeline, but um, jumped in and my first manifestations, I clearly didn't listen fully to uh, Lacey say, make it doable in six to nine months because I was like, I'm going to start an empire and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take over the world. And, and I had actually a business idea that I'd had for a long time and I was like, that's it. I mean, I had a business plan. I mapped this whole thing out. Meanwhile, you know, no one's leaving their home. I'm thinking the second COVID's over, I'm, this is it. I'm taking over the world. I'm going to start this, this cookie business. I have, you know, some interesting recipes. And so I went down that path that, that one, that was sort of my main uh, manifestation. I spent like six months and I've heard other people on your podcast say this. I spent six months creating recipes buying every book on the science of cooking. I even spoke to a lawyer about names, about trademarking. I mean, I went so far down this path. I told a few friends. Certainly my family knew I was in the kitchen 24-7 making cookies. And there was a point in time, probably four to six months in, I mean, a fair amount of time in, and I was. this was really what I was doing, spending my time doing, I just realized I was so not enjoying it. And I was just 
spinning in circles, driving myself crazy. And I was like, why am I not like, this is my dream. This is what I want to manifest. I'm all in. I'm throwing myself in, you know, 24 seven. And I kept sort of going, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I just would ignore that it was making me very stressed and I wasn't enjoying it. I kept thinking the joy will come back. I'll just keep going. You know, it's, and, and then I started thinking, I can't stop doing this because I've told everyone this is what I'm going to do. And everyone sees me working on this and I have to see this through. And so what was so interesting and one of the, I feel like the earliest significant things I got out of the workshops was, okay, hold on. Am I going to push through something that for whatever reason, does not seem to be the right thing for me. For whatever reason. Yes, I'm a great cook. Yes, people, all my family was like, oh my God, this is the best cook I've ever had. You know, this is great. You nailed it, you know? And, and I was like, okay, am I going to let the idea that, well, I've got to be a good example to my daughter and I want my husband to be proud of me and I want my kids to, you know, I got to take over the world. Am I going to stick with that? Or am I going to listen to what I'm hearing inside, which is, this isn't it. That was a tough decision because, you know, I had sort of, I won't say talked a big game because I I almost think that's unfair to myself. I mean, I was doing what felt like the right thing at the time, but I had talked a big game. And so I, you know, I I was continuing on. I think I took a break at that point because I was like, I've got it. Don't need to do any more workshops. I figured it out. My (laughs) manifestation's coming. Check. Here's what I'm doing. And so I kind of went, oh, hmm, back to the drawing board. So like I think everybody does, you circle through, you know, you're on it, you're, you're doing the workshops and you're listening to all the podcasts and you're, you're not a toe dipper, as Lacey says. And then you kind of go, oh, I got this. I'm smooth sailing now, you know, Mm -hmm. don't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you circle back. So I circle back. But I, when, I, when I went back to doing the workshops, I was really confused because I had felt like this is it. And you know what I think, Jessica, it was, is it was the first step. This was the first thing that came to me. This was when I dug in, this came first, right? And so I think sometimes that's okay. That's what needs to come first. So then I circle back. And I would say, too, that was a huge ping. I mean, you would talk about pings. It was like, you know, kind of tap on the shoulder you're not really enjoying this. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. Yes, I am. This is what I'm going to do. I've already told everybody I'm doing this. I have to do it. And, you know, tap on the shoulder again. No, 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 no. This, you're, you're really not having fun. And I'm like, doesn't matter. I'm doing it. I kind of listened to that ping and went. And you know what? I would tell you that's the first time I kind of trusted the process as I was like, okay, while this isn't making a ton of sense to me and how I understand this work, this is what is coming up. This is what I'm hearing. And so either I can go with this and say, okay, well, this isn't looking like what I thought or everyone's telling me theirs is looking like or what I'm seeing, or I can trust this process and say, I have no idea why, but this doesn't seem to be it. I just want to chime in a little bit here. I think this is such an important thing to bring up because when you're doing the work, there are so many times where maybe you you know, we really sort of doubled down on the authentic code in the past year. Like when we're like, okay, this is, it has to be a check mark, a pillar that people go through before they even understand their list, you know? And that's really why we put it in how to manifest in such a almost like bold text section. 
to mitigate, you know, times of this happening. But I also think sometimes it is your manifestation to follow this out because the lessons you are learning from following it through is going to help you in whatever you're supposed to do. And that's where that trust comes in. And why we have the monthly check-in. That's why we have monthly journal prompts. So you can see, okay, wait, what's actually coming up right now? What's being asked of me? And then you know when you need to pivot or navigate in a different direction because you're always gonna be guided. There's that nudge on the shoulder at all times helping direct you closer to it. And I'm so interested to see like a year, five years, 10 years out, how the work that you did around developing that cookie business at that phase informed or taught you lessons that are gonna help you on the next chapter. But it's so important for anyone listening Where are you forcing and not listening to the nudge that it's time to like maybe take a step back and look at something else? That's right. And I feel like also be okay with it not looking like you think because it was confusing when I finally sort of almost stopped in my tracks, if you will, and said, okay, I'm not enjoying this. What the heck, you know? and went back to the drawing board, in in a way, Jessica, that was empowering because I thought, okay, if I really feel that this process has all, you know, which I do, all the science in the world behind it, every reason that it makes a ton of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I really believe that, am I going to be hung up by, but this doesn't look like what I think it's supposed to look like. And no, 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 no. I'm five months in. I can't stop now. I can't turn back now. Am I going to let life continue to live me? Or am I going to say, okay, for whatever reason, this isn't right. And if I believe to listen to my intuition, it is speaking loud and clear. And the fact that it doesn't make sense to me needs to be okay. Go back keep listening. You're going to learn. Why is this? What's happening? And I did learn. So I went back, listened to that ping and sort of restarted the work. And I restarted it with a very open mind, like, okay, this is, I'm going to trust this process. And so when I went back through the manifestation workshop, immediately all of the ego behind that career goal, that career wish on my manifestation list fell away. And what I realized is there was just so much ego in that. And, and mind you, I have had a lot of, you know, I, I have done a lot of things in my stay-at-home world. In the event planning world, I've done a lot of large events. And, and I've actually, I haven't had a paying job in a while, but I'd been, I'd done a lot of things. But something about a paying job was really eating at me. I was like, but I haven't had a paying job. And that's, you know, that's where your worth is. And you've got to, you know, you can start this business and you, you can make, you know, you got to make some money. That's, that's what your worth is about. Of course, I really didn't believe that, but you know what I mean? Yep. There's a part of you. I think it's important to acknowledge all of those different competing thoughts that are down there. Cause that's our subconscious. Like that's, what's going to manifest. That's it. And, and certainly three years ago, I, I did not think, you know, oh, you're only worth what your salary is. I mean, obviously not. But there was that sort of societal thing. And so when the ego fell away from that, what remained was, I want to get up 
in the morning and be excited to do something I'm passionate about that is creative. And I'm a very creative person. And that actually perfectly matched my authentic code, which I, which interestingly, that really has not changed. I mean, it morphed a little of late when I did the most recent challenge in December. I sort of added to it. What is your authentic code right now? Okay. Well, Remember I told you I made a mission statement out of my authentic code. It just seemed to make sense almost. Like you can take your authentic code and it's almost like a, it is a mission statement for your life. So my words, and I cheated like a tiny bit uh, because I think I have five, but spirit of adventure is one. And then I'll I'll read you the five and then I'll, I'll read the sentence. So spirit of adventure, joy, beauty, wisdom, and presence. So my mission statement is, in a spirit of adventure, I want to contribute joy, beauty, and wisdom to the world while being a presence in my time here. And so that's it. That's the whole thing I want to do with the last half or third or whatever's left of my life. And I have totally let let go of, I want to, you know, impress someone or I want to show the world or... I want to come back to my high school reunion and I've done X, Y, Z. I just, I've let all that go. Did you use any DIs during the time that were helpful or supportive processing through this? Absolutely. I really relied a lot on the trigger DI because I almost feel like that's a good catch-all. If you feel like, I'm not sure why I'm experiencing this, why would I be upset or mad or fear, you know, afraid or whatever. This isn't, this isn't making logical sense to me. I, I feel like I went to that one most, mostly. I feel like I tended to most of the time be in a workshop. Sometimes I would plow through like in challenges and sometimes I would just sort of be in an ongoing workshop and maybe I wasn't even doing it every week, but if something came up, I'm like, ah, I'm going to go back and do the next day of that workshop because, you know, I just felt like to stay in a workshop was always beneficial to me. Because then you're going to have a bunch of DIs. You're always working right. through something. There's always some theme. That's a really interesting way to approach too because I think so many people will do like whatever their theme is. Like let's say they're calling in money, they'll do money and then they'll just do DIs or something. But I, I that's an interesting approach to continue to just go into the workshop as you're needing support in all the different sectors. I like the organization of that kind of. Like it, it suited me to feel like I... Versus like going and finding something, which for some people may be more how they want to do it. I'm sort of a task oriented person. So I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm currently working through this. And so I'll just move slowly through that. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, let's be honest, weeks could go by and you're like, you're busy, you're traveling, you're whatever you're doing. But then you kind of go, oh, where was I? And, you know, in that workshop, let me go back and, hmm, something's on my mind. I almost feel like anything you do when you, have something you need to address, just going back into any workshop is going to, you know, if you're, if you go where you need to go, you know, and and do what you need to do, you're addressing it almost really, I think with any workshop. Well, I think too, like if depending upon the trigger, you could go through or, or what's coming up in your life and what pings or expanders or different options are coming up in your life going through a workshop is going to hit differently at different times. You know, going through inner child with this sets of things is going to really carve you in this direction versus if you go at a different time, it's going to pull you in a different one. It's just different layers. 
A hundred percent. And I feel like that's why you have to always kind of be plugged into the work. And, you know, when my ego fell away from the manifestation goals, everything became so clear. It was was just so interesting. You guys always talk about like when something is right, it's with ease. It's, you know, it's going to come with ease. It's going to feel easy. You almost are like, that's too easy. I can't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's too simple. And I am definitely in restudying the patterns of my life, which I thought was great advice. And always, I mean, when I look back at the major things I've manifested from manifesting a partner to some really great jobs that I've had along the way to, you know, all kinds of things, friendships that just kind of came from out of nowhere and were huge, huge blessings. I was always doing what I tell my kids to do, which is put your head down and do the next right thing. And if you just keep your head down and do the next right thing, you're going to be rewarded. You know, God is the universe. God is going to come in and you're just not going to believe what happens. And don't spin your wheels. Don't look too far down the road. Well, of course, it's really easy to give that advice and it's a lot harder to take it. So when all the ego fell away from my list, I was like, okay, well, this is too easy. I could find a lot of things I'm excited to get up and and do that could contribute to the world. I mean, I can go down so many paths and I don't even know how to do that. That's too easy. That can't be it. And I kept feeling this, no, that's it. That's it. And I was like, okay, I'll be open to that. Don't even know really what that means. I had a lot of ideas, you know, a lot of, and I, and I still have so many ideas, you know, I'm not going to be a guest that sits here and says, and I got a house, the mountains. And I got, you know, because at my age, also you and I discussed people, my age have acquired a lot in their life. If they're lucky, if, you know, they've saved their money, they've made sacrifices, maybe they're in the house that they are happy to be in, or maybe they were able to buy that lake house or that, you know, whatever. And, and maybe they, they finally are shopping at the stores they always wanted to shop at that they couldn't when they were younger and had little kids and, you know, making all kinds of sacrifices and stuff. And so at my age, I feel like the manifestations maybe could be more vague. I don't really know. But like, for me, the biggest thing I've manifested is a total shift in my worldview and my view of really my own story, my, my, my sense of self. And I want to say, you know, you are where you, you, you are where you are when you're there. You know, I mean, I look back at my life and I'm not saying I've had the perfect life. I'm not saying there aren't some serious sadnesses and regrets and all of that, but, but I've also had a very blessed life and I've had a, you know, a life that I wouldn't necessarily go back and change. But at the same time, there are things that, you know, if you could have had them different, you would have. And so why not now, you know, why not have a shift in your view of self? Why not have a a new adventure going forward? So, and, and I have to say the tests started coming in like you would not believe. So once you've shifted, so, okay, like you just walking people through that process of it, you were calling in this cookies situation. You were working your buns off. You were getting the ping to slow down. You had to shift. You're like, okay, here you universe. I got it. It's not the thing. Okay. You redo your list. You redo how to manifest through the lens. You know, your ego sort of drops away and you're like, oh, it's not about being proving my worth by this successful company. I am worthy. How do I live this life for me? 
then what started to shift or what tests were coming in or what dynamics were presenting then? I got a ton of pings first. I mean, that's actually what first started. And this, again, was probably two years ago. Huge pings to clear space in every way. A a very strong feeling that I needed to take this kind of room that was originally going to be an office for me and turned out to be for years storage and take it back. And, and, you know, it was all me sticking the stuff in there. You know, it wasn't anybody else. But I mean, it was nothing but a storage closet. But it it was designed to be a room. So for a while, I just kept getting the same ping, clean out your office, clean out your office. And I remember thinking, no, God, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, you know, here are my questions. That's not my question. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) no, clear out your office. So I did that. And then other clearings were, and this is a big one. I think um, a lot of people in my age range, mother, parents, uh, moms and dads, I very much felt a intuition to, and I'm using Lacey's terminology from a long time ago, so I don't know where I heard this, but she said it one time, I wrote it down. I sort of unplugged my electrical cord from my children because I was still very, I'm very close to my three grown children and I, and I was, but I was just a little too plugged in and not in a, I wasn't a hovery mom. I wasn't a over-involved mom at all. It was, it's funny. It wasn't that. It wasn't that I was minding their business or worried about them or checking on them or anything. It was a purely emotional thing. My emotions were still too connected to them and it was nothing on their side. They weren't needy. You like felt that pull of like, I can feel what they're feeling. I'm, I fe- I'm like going through the emotional waves with them. And when you're, and you know, I think you're not a parent yet, but when you're a parent, it is, I mean, I always use the analogy, like you give birth to a child, you give birth to your heart. I mean, your heart is out walking around in the world. And so it's really hard to pull that back. So I had these three little hearts walking around out in the world and I'm like, no, I got to unplug from them. So I actually did an energy clearing. It was so cool. And I didn't tell this person anything. And they were like, you have, you know, you have these cords. And, and I'm like, yeah, cut the cords. Go ahead. That was instant, but it was helpful. And, you know, and I just really kind of rerouted my power back to me. So there was that clearing. And then there was, you know, physical clearing, like clean out this room, make it an office and make it and bring things from around the house that really represent you. Fill this office with you, which I thought was so interesting. I was like, okay, you know, so I went around to like bookshelves and knickknacks that were like my favorite things from this and that, you know, and brought them to the office and put them on the shelves almost in a comical way. I was like, okay, now what? Here we are. Like I did it. Task done. Come on, bring it on. So, um, and I cut relationships. That was a very strong one. I cut just some friendships that were friendships for a season and didn't need to be long-term. And, and, you know, sometimes you limp along trying to like keep resuscitating old friendships that just kind of need to maybe go. And it's nothing about that person. It's just not, you know, it's just not serving you. Not the timing, not the right time. And, and, you know, it's whatever. So some friendships like that. And then I had to set a really difficult boundary with a family member, but that was a very clear deal breaker. So that was really tough. 
How did you, because I've heard you say a few times, you know, you struggle with the, the long-term vision, the long-term clarity. I think even around boundaries, people have a really hard time understanding what's a deal breaker and what's not. I know we have like the test checklist of like, does it impede on your boundaries? You know, does it make you feel small? Did you go through something like that? Like, how did you get the clarity to know this is a deal breaker? We need to have a deeper conversation here. It was so crystal clear. And I believe it was crystal clear from truly decades. I mean, I was decades late setting this boundary. So I think for me, the checklist went on for, you know, maybe 30 years. So when it came to me, it was so crystal clear that I I sort of feel like it was decades in the making. The clarity was just so strong. It had to have been that. Truthfully, It was not a question in my mind. You know, sometimes you set a boundary, but you are, yes, it's your choice, but you are driven, literally driven to do it. I mean, I don't think all all boundaries are, I'm not going to have you in my life anymore, or I'm not going to talk to you anymore, or you're ruining you're ruining my life or you're not good for me. I I don't think all boundaries are that easy. Some are. I think some are you regret so terribly, but you have just been pushed away and you finally see it. And so the boundary is more recognizing maybe a situation that's irreparable and irretrievable and and saying, okay, I'm going to accept that. It's almost you're accepting their boundary of, and their boundary being, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to be. I'm not changing. I'm not changing because we've had conversations. I'm not changing because we've had drama. This is who I am. And you, uh, you know, as the other person finally say, okay, and you just accept it. And that's the boundary. And your acceptance of it can mean then, then, you know, then, then we just have to go our separate ways because I can't move forward with that. And this is all you're presenting to me and I can't move forward with that. So it felt more like more of a logical reaction than me going, here it is. Don't walk past this line. I think that also kind of brings up an interesting point where when you have that deep clarity of like, of course, this is how I'm going to have to move forward with this. There is no other way. It's after years and times of, so to speak, like running into the fire with that person. You've tried maybe that initial boundary, let's say a decade ago, where you're like, okay, listen, this is what I need from you. Can you show up and be this person? And then they will show you with their actions if they can or can meet you there. And then what you're saying, what you got to where you set that boundary was like, okay, we already tried the other versions. This is about accepting that this is all they can give me right now and that doesn't work. So I either need to take space or put limits on things or whatever that situation may be. A hundred percent. And it was, and I want to be clear, it was decades of conversations. I mean, too innumerable to count with multiple family members. You know, it wasn't just me. And, and so it was conversations It was every effort you can imagine, every effort you can imagine. And so sometimes I just feel like intuition just absolutely just knocks on the front door. I mean, you know, you're not even getting the tap on the back. It's just like ding dong at the door. (laughs) Yeah, here here I am. Like, you know, and, and you almost just can't do otherwise. And so absolutely, it was not a, 
oh, you know, you're getting on my nerves. I think I'm going to have to say, you know, it was a culmination of truly decades of this person saying, this is who I am. It's too bad I didn't listen sooner. But, you know, sometimes you just don't, you're ever hopeful maybe, or you're, you know, you're ever hopeful or you you believe in people when they aren't giving you a reason to believe in them, but you just do. And that's life. Also, you know, had you earlier on set that boundary sooner, there may have been like, well, what if they could change? Or what if it's, you know, like, why am I giving up on it at this point? Like you needed to feel all your feelings and process everything you could around it to get to the place of that firm boundary. You're exactly right. I needed to feel there was not another possible way in order to be comfortable setting this boundary. I mean, I had to feel like there was just absolutely no way forward otherwise. By now, you're starting to get the feel for TBM. Maybe you've heard about our workshops and you're interested in manifestation, but you just don't have the time or energy to sit down and do self-help work. We totally get it. In fact, that's why we created The Daily Practice, which is our massive library of self-hypnosis tracks that you can do anytime without having to jump into a workshop. We call these tracks our Deep Imaginings, or DIs. DIs are different than normal meditations because we designed them using a combination of self-hypnosis techniques, deep theta waves, EMDR-informed tools, and somatic experiencing a fully loaded formula that is scientifically proven to help you clear your blocks and triggers on a subconscious level, giving you the power to actually create new neural pathways in your brain. So if your boss pisses you off, use our trigger DI. If you wanna feel magnetic before a party or an important meeting, use the magnetic self DI. If you're feeling anxious or down on yourself or you need help making a decision, we've got a DI for all of these scenarios and more. You can get full access to the daily practice inside the Pathway membership, where you'll also get unlimited access to every workshop, tool, and offering from TBM. The tools in the Pathway membership will support you year-round, whether you're in the worst, a rock bottom, or second worst, a rut, or feeling good and you want to keep the magnetism going. In the Pathway, you'll effectively learn how to become your own manifestation coach, all for less than a dollar a day. So even if you're not ready to start a workshop, join the pathway and start rewriting your neural pathways now to create magnetism. Work through your triggers and get closer to your authentic magnetic self in order to manifest. Use our special code MAGNETIC, all caps, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C, to receive $20 off your first TBM purchase. Again, that's all caps, MAGNETIC. Now back to the episode. Okay, so you set this boundary, you decorated the office space, then what started coming through? Cut the cords, did all the the things. Cut the cords, yes. And so then came so many tests. So the tests start coming in. So I had always done a lot of volunteer work in leadership roles in a lot of ways and always enjoyed it a lot. You know, Nashville is such a generous town. Like, it's a wonderful place to try to raise money for a lot of great things. And so I've spent a lot of time doing that. But I'm I'm kind of ready to not do that anymore. And so I thought, okay, 
I'm not going to take up my time doing this anymore. This isn't really what I want to be doing, even though I've enjoyed it. I think it's great. And I, you know, and somebody's got to do it. And it's hugely beneficial to our community at large in so many ways. And so, I mean, the requests started coming in like, like you cannot believe. Like in one week's time, I got three different phone calls, completely unrelated people in my life asking me to do major jobs and, and very flattering, nice, wonderful things. And I just was like, you know, oh, it's just not the right time in my life. And, but I'm so honored to be asked. And so, you know, I was like, okay, I did it. I passed the test. Next day, another phone call. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, gosh, thank you so much for calling. And then the next day, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, so, but I was, I mean, I just kept turning it down and, I think the test was in these, in these phone calls was, okay, you currently have some time on your hands. You're going to say no. Why are you going to say no? You have time on your hands. But the huge message to me has been clear, clear, keep everything clear. You can't move forward with something different if you're not keeping everything clear. You're not keeping space. And so I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, once again, I'm trusting the process here. And I love the phrase, a clear mission does not always have a clear path. I just love that phrase. I know my authentic code and these requests were just a no. I mean, they were a clear no, but it was just funny that there were so many. Um, and then immediately after I like turned this down, turned that down, this, that, this, that, several things came flowing in. I was sort of hoping to be able to join this group of like creatives that, you know, are just kind of like-minded people. And even though I don't really feel fully like I have my foot in the door of that world, I was like, oh, I really want to be a part of this group. And all of a sudden they called me and then, and then this podcast, I mean, getting to see you on the street and be like, Hey, maybe you could have somebody over 50. You're like, well, why don't you submit? And I'm like, what? You know, that's very fun to get that chance to have a conversation that I've actually thought a lot about how great it would be to have or to hear on To Be Magnetic. So I just love that. That's so much fun. Yeah. What do you think the clearing space connected you with on the other side in terms of like a level of self-worth? Because I'm seeing that the person who is keeping their office as a storage space that they can't even use. The person who is doing these nonprofit that really help the community, but again, it's like not filling up your own cup, it's filling up someone else's, is someone who feels that they should do all this for other people. You're holding the weight of other people before putting yourself first. So how do you think that shifted into, I mean, now you get to be a speaker on a podcast. That's you first, you know what I mean? Yes, so it's like, yes. What was the internal mindset of, wait, my needs matter? You know, did you have like a little saying, a mantra, an empowering belief, something you switched over to? Because the actions that you were taking before versus post-clearing space is a very different subconscious belief. Absolutely. Well, what I think it was, was feeling like I am going to not just let life live me. And that, you know, in, in that way where things kind of rush in to fill a vacuum and yes, you might be good at X, Y, Z. And so someone asked you to do it and you're like, oh, okay, well, 
Sure. You know, and it's not that you don't enjoy it, right? You enjoy it. But at my age, and of course, time is limited for all of us. It's funny that, you know, I say that as if time isn't limited for everyone. Time is limited for everyone. Um, But you feel it more as you get older. And I think to myself, okay, why would I continue to spend my time doing anything that's not a hell yes? I don't know where my self-worth was, but I do think a lot of it was tied. I mean, obviously my self-worth has been raised, but it's not like I thought, oh, I'm not worth this or I'm not worth that. But I definitely think I felt as, again, so plugged into raising kids and being a stay-at-home mom. I think I was, you know, you get used to other people's needs coming first because as a mom, for sure, for a very long time, other, other people's needs come first. They have to. I think I just started to peel back the, well, wait a minute, my life could be filled with things that are all hell yes. What, what's something that I like, but isn't a hell yes, I'm going to say no to that. And that, and you know, it's, I think it's so much easier when you don't like something to say, nope, but if you have enjoyed it and it's been great, but it just doesn't seem like what you should do next. And so you say, you know, it's a little harder to say that because you're like, well, that was fun. And I, sure, I'll do it again. And you're like, no, it doesn't feel like what I'm supposed to be doing. It just doesn't feel right. So I definitely feel a shift in understanding that if something's not a hell yes, I'm saying no. And trusting the process. And also a real mindset was I have got to surrender. I'm not a control freak, but who doesn't like a little control and feeling like, okay, well, I can't say no because I don't know what's next. And so if I say no, then what? I'm going to feel unmoored and a little listless or restless and, oh no, what am I going to do? I shouldn't say no to that. And so I had to get very comfortable with, no, that doesn't feel like a hell yes. Yes, you don't know what's coming next, but trust the process and surrender to it. And I don't know if if this happens to you. I know this happens to people. Somebody will say something to you, then you'll read it in a book, then you'll see it on TV, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's your that's your intuition, that's your pings." Yeah, totally, a hundred percent. And so, you know, a book would fall out of the bookshelf, and it'd be called Surrender, and then you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just that kind of crazy stuff. And then you know, you you look at an inspirational app, and the first word Surrender, and you know, all the stuff. So, I I felt like surrendering to letting my life move forward as it's supposed to, even if I don't know what that's going to look like. And just clearing, clearing, clearing space for that to be able to happen. I think this is a really important message for people right now, because I think, you know, even astrologically or things that are going on in the collective, like it's a complete time for everyone to look at where are you plugged in to things that are not a hell yes. And I think you nailed it right on the head when you said it's so much easier when you know it's a hell no, yes. because then that's an easy no. But when it's like, oh yeah, it's kind of giving me some things. Like I really like this about it or that's fun or I don't want to miss out on this because like I like these aspects. But if it's not a hundred percent yes, you are holding yourself back by being plugged into that thing. Absolutely. And I, and I really think, you know, what do they say? I'm going to get this quote wrong, but something like the worst thing is second best. Do you know that quote where it's like the worst is not last place. You know, the worst is second place. It's like, cause you're close. So let's say something's your favorite thing, but, and, but you also like this. Well, the thing you also like is really almost your worst enemy to the thing you want most because it's not bad and you don't hate it, but it's not 
like you say, it's just easier if you really don't like something, you can go, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing that, you know, easy, easy no. But these have been harder no's, but yet they feel right. It feels like the right thing to do. When I said to you about coming on the podcast, I was like, my story, which is as good, doesn't match necessarily a lot of your other ones where it's like, I did this, I did this, and I manifested, you know, A, B, C. And whenever I listen to the podcast, always inspired by by everyone that comes on, and I love hearing so many different stories, I always think there's other ways that manifestation comes. And mine for over three years has not necessarily looked like this. You know, I'd, I'm not, you know, the pair of jeans isn't on my list. The, the house for a certain amount isn't on my list, but the things that are on my list, my most recent list from Christmas time, from winter Challenge, when we did it. Yeah. yeah. So here are the manifestations that have come through so far for me of late. The total shift in the attitude. I have an openness now that is so is such a blessing that I did not have before. I'm open to being surrendered to what's coming next, which is, you know, a little scary when you don't really know for sure what that's going to look like. And then also just the mental space that I'm in and so many classes and books and the right ones have just been dropping in, like the perfect ones that I, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be so that's right on target for what I was just talking about. And suddenly somebody will recommend something or you'll see, you know, it'll pop up somewhere and you're like, oh, that's the next thing for me. That's it. And so my manifestations look much less materialistic. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Material. They're much less material. I think that is a really cool thing to talk about because I I resonate with that. A lot of my manifestations now, like the ones I'll share on the podcast, it's easier to describe the process with a material item. But I think what is actually filling our souls and what we're really craving amongst this work is the immaterial. It's the feeling on the other side of it. It's the how to dance with the universe in a way that feels joyous and lifting us up and towards our highest good. You know, how do we support ourselves when we face tests and triggers, but how do we stay the course for our soul's journey and evolution as we're going? And that's all the immaterial aspects of it. Absolutely. And I was so happy that you were interested in this conversation and it looking different because that even more says to me how true the workshops and the platform is because it's easier, it's clearer to have people on that say, oh my gosh, I said no to, you know, this awful boss. And the next thing you know, I'm making six figures. And, or, you know, I finally broke up with this boy that was terrible for me. And and I met my partner. Those are so much easier to say, oh, wow, A happened than B than C. It's so clear. And so I, I am so impressed that you and you're in this, you know, whole platform is willing to discuss it in this way, because I literally have an image of myself taking a walk through my neighborhood um, where I listen to the podcast and thinking, I'm manifesting so much, but it doesn't, it doesn't look like all these people that are here. And, and, and so after, you know, bumping into you and, and meeting you and talking about this, I was like, I mean, this, this just even speaks to me even more highly of what to be magnetic is really about. It really is about whatever that is that you need to manifest that you, that's there for you, whatever it is that's meaningful to you that you can find within yourself is a manifestation. 
-hmm. it, it just can look different for so many types of people, age groups of people, circumstances of people. It's interesting how we all sort of see manifesting in our minds because to me, everything's manifesting. Yes. The fact that you got a ping to not do that is manifestation. The fact that you knew that you needed to clear out your closet space is a manifestation. The fact that you went to get an energy clearing because you wanted to cut the cords, energetic cords with your kids for this next chapter, that's a manifestation. So it's like, we need to start seeing the beauty that is here with us besides just these big shiny carrot things, like they're amazing and they're so easy to explain the process with, but this is the life. This is the joy is, is witnessing all of these things that are actively coming through to you right now. You know, that's so interesting because sometimes when I am doing the work or listening to something, I think to myself how dovetailed pings are with tests, with manifestations. Like I've had this thought where I'm like, well, in my experience, the pings are almost a manifestation and the tests are almost like pings and the, you know, the manifestations are almost like tests. And I mean, it, it is sort of all, it's kind of what you just said. It, yeah. it all feeds on each other. I feel like the more you know the work, the harder it is to distinguish from well, this ping was actually such a blessing that that ping was a manifestation. And then this test was actually really a ping that I listened to by passing the test. And it, it really all is one large system, one large organism in a way. Yes, that's such a good way to put it. It's really interesting trying to explain the work to new people because it's not a linear, like do this, do this, do this, do this. It's like, okay, here are the principles of it. Here are the philosophies of it. Here are the pillars that you're going to need to touch on in order to set things in motion, you know, the expanding and blocking aligned action. But it's sort of like this dance within it. I don't know. It's like manifestation lifestyle, you know? It's not like a check mark. It's a way of interacting and being in life and, and showing up, trying and working to getting back to your authenticity, to your most empowered state. I think of the word mindset. It's become a mindset for me that I really live by. I mean, it's funny how when you, again, for me, clearing, clearing, clearing out, why wouldn't you want to become what it is that you feel like becoming? And, and for example, like one person's dream is not my dream. So what one person would think, oh, that would be the ultimate, I would be like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not really for me. And so clearly we're all made so different. So that person for whom that is just the, the ultimate goal or way to live or whatever, it's so clear they're meant to go for that. For example, expanders. So an expander who is 35 and doing what I think sounds really cool is not an expander for me because I'm not 35. And that person is starting younger in their life. So maybe they're going to do that all their life. I've already had three different careers that I'm now trying to do a fourth. So that's going to look totally different. Even though that's great and they're doing really well, they're not an expander for me. They could be a fragment expander, partial. A hundred percent. Yeah. But for me, I have to say the people who expand me are over 50 because I'm wanting to see, to believe that over 50... I can go from my multiple 
iterations of self previously, and I can do something totally different. And here's an article which I have found, and, and I have certainly friends that are very inspirational, but you know, I found an article um, in the New York Times a, a while back talking about women that did something completely new over 50. Either they came back into the workforce or they changed careers or they they ran for office and you know, or they did whatever. And that's so motivational for me because I'm like, oh, there we are. There's people doing exactly what what I would be excited to do or, or proving to me that I can go do something totally new. Even if it doesn't, you know, I don't want to run for office, but even though it might not be the thing I want to do, it's so motivational. So I feel like everyone has to be over 50 to expand me right now. This is a really interesting point because I think about we're in a day of social media, a day and age of social media. And I really truly believe that there is a gap when you think of over 50, you think of like, okay, planning for retirement and then retirement, but you don't necessarily, there isn't this societal thing of like, I can't wait for that chapter of my life. Whereas like when people turn like 20, they're like, I can't wait for that chapter of 20s or I can't wait for my 30s. But there's not this like excitement for that age range. And I almost feel like you should be most excited for that age range because you have the wisdom. You are probably more financially stable. Like that should be the most exciting time. And yet, societally, we don't really see it that way. So it's like, how do we, you know, like you're an expander for me in how to navigate that chapter of your life because it's like, how do you shift that mindset so we start seeing 50 plus as like a really fun, beautiful time. And right now in the day of social media, majority of the people on social media are like 25 to 45, something like that. And then obviously all the ages younger. So where do you find those expanders? How do you see them living their life? Like, yes, there definitely are some on social media, but is it more in person? Like, how are you connecting with those 50 plus expanders? There's certainly some wonderful people that I know in our community that own their own business or ran for office or, I mean, there are plenty of them. Even that person is not an expander for me. And I I know I'm being very picky here because they may have been doing it since they're 30. So I don't want to go back into special ed. I don't want to go back into, you know, the corporate world of of work-family balance. I don't want to go back into working retail. I don't want to go back into event planning. Okay. Those are all my, that's my former life. So I'm looking for the people that really made a change at 50 and, or really, or really came back from say, leaning into staying at home with their kids or what, you know, whatever they did Mm -hmm. for that period of time. But I could not agree more with you. And I had this exact conversation with my daughter other cultures do our age group a better justice. My husband and I travel to Asia a fair amount. They revere their older generation. I mean, literally revere them. Everybody's looking up to them. Everyone wants to get their ear and you know know what they think. And and I went to Beijing. In in Beijing, the older people are out in the parks working out. I kid you not, everyone's working that's under 50. And the 50 plus year olds are in the park working out, playing mahjong, doing hacky sack, painting on the sidewalk. It's like the coolest thing. But today, and you hear this all the time, 50 is the new 40, but it really is. Like I, I feel exactly like the person I was when I was your age. I feel exactly the same. 
I'm just further down the path. You know, we're both on this earth at the same time. I started sooner than you did. So I'm further up the path, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you look at life that way, if you look at, I've just been here a little bit longer, putting the puzzle pieces together a little bit longer than you have. I've got a few more pieces in the puzzle than you have. I can see maybe the picture of the puzzle a little clearer than you can, all because I've been here longer. I feel there's a shift. It's very subtle, but I feel it's beginning. I feel there are enough people my age and my attitude, let's say, there is starting to be a subtle shift. I feel like you're starting just barely to see it in social media. And I feel like you're starting to see people say, old isn't a bad word. I mean, I don't feel old, but you know, some people may say I'm 58. They may say I'm old. Old isn't a bad word. Wrinkles aren't a bad thing. I just feel there has got to be a shift because you're so right. The young people are creating a world where in their world, they haven't left room for people over 50. We don't need them to. We have our own big world right. over here. But even for when they they move on to that next yes. chapter, they should have something that they are excited and looking forward to. Yes, yes. And like you say, there is so much to say for having you know, navigated the difficult um, years of childbearing. You know, those aren't easy years. Those are joyful years. They always say long days, short years, they're, but they're long days. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. And so when you, you know, get to the other side of that or you get to the other side of getting yourself to where you want to be in your career or you are living where you want to live, or I just feel like life is just almost beginning in a new, a new chapter. And I, I really hope, that social media will begin to reflect that more and more. Because in my friend group across many cities, I mean, I have friends in, you know, all over the United States, all of us feel just the same. We're all like, let's go. Here we come. I love it. I love this shift. And I want to say to anyone listening, if you are part of the pathway and in the community group, check in with each other. Let's be each other's expander and show up for each other in that way. I think it's so important and really gives everyone something to look forward to and for these next chapters and new evolutions of self at any age, at any stage. Well, I have a great quote that I love by Anne Lamott, the author Anne Lamott. I love Anne Lamott. I know, I know. Well, you're going to love this. She says, right now, I am every age I've ever been. That is how I feel, particularly, particularly with the new mind shift. I I feel like I'm embracing all the people that I've ever been, whatever I was as a young person, a teenager in my 20s and my 30s. I'm gathering up the best of all of those people and I'm everybody that I've ever been. I just, I love that quote. I love that quote. And one more for you. Um, I was once what you are and you will be what I am. And I love that. I just Mm -hmm. love that. What that does for me is help me look back and say, I'm the same person that I was. It's just, I I was who you are. You will be what I am. And you'll still be the same exact person you are now. It's just, you know, anyway, I didn't explain that one well, but I I think No, I get it. I get it. You're you're embodying all those pieces at the same time. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Well, Barbie, this has been such an expansive conversation. I'm so excited for this to go out and share with everyone. I think they're going to be thrilled. What would be 
one thing, I know you've said a million things on this topic, but what would be one thing that you would share with someone listening who maybe this is their first time listening and they're kind of like, how do I cultivate that mindset she's talking about? You know, I hear what she's saying. I agree with it, but maybe I don't feel it yet. You know, what would be some inspiration or tips that you would have for that person? Like you who just listened to that first episode with Melissa Wood, where you're like, whoa, this is for me. What did you hear in there that really spoke to your soul? I felt there was no age limit on doing this work. I felt like you start where you are. I mean, there's, I think that's the title of a book. You start where you are. And so, you know, when I listened to that, the clarity exercise, I just thought, if not now, when? If I'm excited for the future, why not be the best possible person that I can be in the future? Why not, you know, be sure that I'm not leading the unexamined life? You know, they say the unexamined life is not worth living. And so I want to live, lead the examined life. You know, I want to, I want to get all that I can out of whatever amount of time I have left. We're all limited on time. And so don't be afraid to go for it. Don't be afraid to get in there and lead the examined life. I really think that's what it boils down to. So well said. Thank you so much, Barbie. And you guys can all connect with her and the community group. We'll tag your Instagram. It'll be great time. And you can help expand others in so many ways too. Well, if I, if I can at all, that will be, uh, that will be an honor. And, and again, I really appreciate, you know, getting to represent the over 50 group in some small way and have this conversation. It's just been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week. <laughs>